0: Welcome to episode 59 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlong. With me today, my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What's up, everybody? And we've brought back Turn Up Charlie himself. Mr. Charlie Ridgley is here today. Hello. <laughs> and of the many things we got a lot to cover today because the news has been crazy. We have upcoming things that are happening, and in between there's still movies and stuff coming out. Yeah. So we've got to go over all of that. But today in our news our uh, news flash section we're going to be talking about Spider-Man's movie future continuing on this whole uh Disney Sony uh, feud fiasco showdown Mexican standoff beef. I don't know it, beef yeah i guess <laughs> studio beef
1: oh we'll Tom be Holland's diss track is going to be so good right i don't know what you two are talking <laughs> about.
0: we're also going to be talking about the new trailer for the new space thriller ad Astra starring Brad Pitt and we're going to be talking about what's going on in the Star Wars TV universe. So be sure to stay tuned because when we come back, we're getting into all of that.
2: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill.
0: Just go right back in with what we were talking about last time, which is this whole uh, studio movie beef, comic book beef between Sony and Disney over the usage and rights to Spider-Man. Disney wanted to invest more in the next Spider-Man movie after Far From Home made a billion uh, in order to get a bigger payout from sharing the risk and the cost to getting a bigger payout. Sony was like, nah, brah, we don't want that. It gets real murky from there because we've produced about a thousand articles Five of which I actually want to read, so that like tell have me written three of them. Yeah, there you go. I think there's the three. <laughs> and out of I'm five. confused.
3: Yeah. I wrote three, and it, I'm still I confused. I mean, it was
0: just so all over the place. Everybody's saying something, but the long short of it is, these they cannot agree on a on a deal to to kind of proceed forward. At least not right now. Yeah. Um. And there have been developments since we first reported this, so kind of we'll just talk a little bit about that. Right now, there's kind of, the industry is going a little nuts with people, analysts, and everybody from celebrities to analysts and everybody putting their two cents in about like, what's going to happen here. And we got two main schools of thought. One is that you know, there has to be some kind of reconciliation for both parties. Uh, the mutual benefits outweigh you know, whatever they can do separately. Yeah. And so like, Sony needs Marvel because the Spider-Man movies have set up all of these Marvel Universe ties That would be so awkward to kind of just drop. Marvel needs Spider-Man because, you know, Spider-Man has become an integral part of the current MCU and where that franchise was headed in the future. We just spent a whole film setting him up as the next Iron Man of the MCU now to just kind of pull him out. So a lot of people believe, you know, there has to be some kind of reconciliation, Um, which is possible. Of course, the other school of thought is there's no way they are going to reconcile because... Some analysts point to Sony right now, and we were trying to explain where this all came from. How did we come here? And some people say Sony's gotten a little too chesty. They gotten a little too happy of themselves after 2018 because they had successful Spider-Man universe spinoffs that did not involve Marvel or the MCU in any way. And both, you know, did very, did very well. Venom, despite all the critical drubbings it took, earned nearly a billion dollars, 800 yeah. million dollars and launched a franchise, the first, I mean, the first Spider-Man mm-hmm. spin-off franchise is established, it's here, and then Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated film, you know, while it earned only about $300 million off a $90 million budget, it, it got all of this critical acclaim, and has been kind of become this cult hit, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. killing it on Netflix, I was on vacation, and I was on vacation with, like, my friends, who, of whom there are, like, 11 other people in my friends group, Uh, Of those, nine have wives and kids. And so imagine a room full of all of our kids, like, piled up, and they were just all watching Spider-Verse Transfixed. Yeah. So into it. And it's been happening. My niece my kids have been watching this. So they had these big successes, and now people are saying, Sony's feeling, you know, they're feeling themselves, that they can make successful Spider-Man franchise and universe without Marvel. And so, therefore... And Marvel doesn't need Sony because the MCU is killing it with or yeah. without Spider Man. So therefore, there's no reason for them to reconcile. Um, yeah, so that's where we are, and we're in this weird stalemate where we're just kind of in a wait and see.
3: But I don't think it's because I've seen that too. Like I've seen a lot of people like Sony is is being a little chesty. I don't think it's really that. I I think that's a byproduct of that. It's about money and it's about the significant amount of money. So I, unfortunately, had to, I had to do math earlier today, which I hate doing math, all right? I hate doing math, but I had to do a whole article bringing all these amounts down and stuff. Because essentially, like, the two things are, there's one report out there that, and we still don't even really know what so many of Marvel's, the full details of what their original deal was. There's still stuff about that. Evidently, that was around 10%. Is what Marvel? That is what I've heard as far as what Marvel. I thought it was lower than. That. Well, see, I I've thought heard, it was lower. There's like I'm, four things out. Yeah, that,
0: I've heard five to ten yeah. percent is the general. So range.
3: that's the ballpark. Then we hear that in this and
0: renegotiation, that's for what Marvel got from yes Spider-Man movies. Let's also establish problems. that
1: Marvel gets all of the money. From the licensing and like okay. all yeah. the products We're just and everything. About the movies, yeah. Right. I'm just saying you the But I was gonna do that cut. Yes, but I, I was, was gonna that already. I was gonna get there. I know. Sorry, yeah.
3: yeah. You're yeah. You're totally Jimmy. <laughs> <gymin laughs> only totally right Jimmy. So okay, so here's the thing though. Uh that initial report will say five to ten percent. Uh, oh, the official oh, sorry, the original report said Marvel now wanted fifty. Yeah. Which they wanted to also offer a financial stake, so they're gonna put money in, but they want fifty percent. Yeah. They, it want they, that. Yeah, they it wanted want, to
0: Take on th- more risk, mm-hmm. but earn more rewards. Yes.
3: And then a new report said today that 30% was the number, not 50. And if you look at that amounts, or sorry, if you look at those amounts, it doesn't really matter what percent. Because, I mean, per 30 to 50%, it, that's a lot of money. Like, when we're talking about billion-dollar movies here, like, that's a sizable amount of money. I think 30%, if they had had to deal with Far From Home and you account for, like, advertising and, and the budget – that would have netted Marvel like, 200 mil. Like, that's, that's when you're talking to Endgame makes 2 billion, that's nothing, it seems, but that's 200 mil from essentially just, like, oh, that's another character. That's not even our major project. That's just something we're a part of. So that's a lot of money, but Sony gets all of that money. Like, I, I think it comes down to Venom they didn't have to share. Like, and Marvel's still paying them, uh, as part of that original deal, an annual, like, just payment agreement depending on how those movies do and so like homecoming they paid around like 30 mil that year to sony just for like as part of their annual thing sony's making bank off of this and they don't i don't think it's them being like oh we can do this without you i think they would genuinely want feige in a perfect world and they want those things but they're not willing to give up their cash cow this is their
1: biggest Franchise. I mean, that, I mean not that's not only is crazy. it their biggest, it's one of the only things they have. Yeah, that makes right now. Money. Yeah, that's Unless Ghostbusters Disney, Disney when has, that, comes that Disney that has, has so much. Men in Black
0: International. Yeah, right. Yeah. Every other, video.
1: if you try to think about the popular titles in Sony, go ahead and think right now, what are the popular things in Sony? Ghostbusters, the last movie, while some people liked it, did not do it well tanked, financially. Yeah. Uh, Men in Black. Love Men in Black did not do well. Mm-hmm. The, the reboot did not do well. Charlie's Angels, we'll see. But it doesn't seem like it's going to light the world on fire. The yeah. only thing that Sony has that is a recognizable IP that will draw people in, guaranteed, is Spider Man. Yeah, that's that's all. And so if you're giving up half of the only true money maker you have to the studio that owns the entire industry, like there, it, it doesn't make sense to do that for Sony. I don't even think though it has anything to do with
3: marvel or disney owning any like i oh, think I mean, it's, it's just it's they're not they don't the, want to give up that money right. It's that's because huge it's their, amount that's of money. their
1: competition yeah that's everyone's biggest competition and then they're handing them half of their I don't first think that place. factors in though
3: i don't think i don't think they they're even worried about that they're worried about their own pocketbooks and that's a lot of money to right. give up.
1: I agree. I'm saying you're worried about your own, like because that's yeah. that's your biggest competitor. But
3: you're not worried. But see, that's I don't think they're worried about that. I don't think it has anything. If you subbed in another studio for Disney or Marvel, this would be the same thing. They don't want to okay. give up free money. That's right. free money for them, and they don't want to give that up right now. I I kind of I mean Tom McFarlane one of the people that like weighed in with like a separate thing of like if I was Sony's guy, like would I say yes to that? And he's like, no, I wouldn't say that. And I think there's a lot of that like truth to that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, this is what I said when it first happened. Like, Disney is not Marvel Studios. I mean, they own it, but, like, the people at the head of Disney are different from the people at the head of Marvel Studios in terms of their worldview and their overwhelming, you know, vision of conquest in the entertainment industry. Like, Disney wants that money. And, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a crazy... It depends all on how you look at the ask. Some people see the ask as just a bullying technique to kind of truly get as much of the Marvel stuff under their belt as they possibly can um, while and you know that Disney would love to eat up Spider-Man just all over again and oh, yeah the whole thing yeah, absolutely um, yeah they just won't get Sony to budge because like you said you take that away and Sony's just kind of a dead movie studio after that they've got nothing really big to kind of like pull them I mean what I think James Bond is still J- no nope. James them. Bond is
1: no longer at Sony
0: Oh, it's at MGM. Yeah.
1: Well, MGM is is uh, is domestic, and home. then Universal is is the international release. Oh, now. yeah. Well, there you go. So, so Sony that. doesn't even have that, which nope. was their previous big owner. Like it was their uh, Skyfall was their biggest movie before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so far from
0: yeah, home. I mean they're kind of a dead movie studio after that, like for the foreseeable future, because they don't have anything that's a major franchise starter to compete in this market where we're now talking two billion. Yeah. I and mean, and, wonder- and
1: now is the only time since Raimi that they've had a real foothold in Spider Man. Yeah. You know, and far from home wouldn't have been what it was without Endgame. I think mean, we all understand that. But even without Endgame, that movie's still going to make eight hundred, nine hundred million dollars. Yeah. You know, and then you have Venom and Far from Home or um, Spider Verse and all these things to add to it. They actually have something to build on for the first time in a long time.
0: Do you guys see a deal getting worked out? I do
1: ultimately. Yeah. I do. I do too. I think at yeah, some you, point,
0: do you, does a deal get worked out, or do we have to? Or are we going to have spend months talking about uh, Disney's acquisition of Sony Pictures?
1: No, no, I, I don't. I don't see that. But I, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of this sell, is. Right? I think a lot of this is a negotiation tactic. Like the reason information got out so early and it was so confusing is because they're in. They're talking about. Yeah, it. they're talking. That was an offer, and they said no to an offer. And I think maybe Sony, if either of them, you know, put that information out, allowed that information to go out to cause this stir for then to be a sense of urgency about yeah i think it'll get um, that,
3: done yeah i do think it'll be a little bit before it does like i don't see next week oh we're in here talking about the deal i would love to be wrong about that yeah. the sooner this gets done the better i think for everybody but i think it will be a while but it will happen
0: and if it doesn't get worked out what what happens from here
1: that's really tough because there's been conflicting reports about Tom Holland's contract and that's a really big factor. So the initial report said Tom Holland and John Watts were signed on for two more movies, regardless of who had it, which at that point I'm like, okay, if it's not the MCU, that's disappointing, but they could easily work away from that and it's Mm -hmm. fine. And I still get Tom Holland, Spider-Man movies. That's awesome. But then the, one of the later reports, had something very, very different. said John Watts has not actually signed on for movies and that Tom Holland signed a contract for two st- standalone movies and an option for the third. So that would mean, essentially, if it's his option, he can walk away. If, if yeah. Marvel's not involved and he doesn't want to be doing just Sony movies, he could walk away. And if that's true, it's a totally different future for Spider-Man than if he is locked in for two more films. And so there's a lot at play. Even one more film. Even if, know,
3: even if he's locked in for one that changes up, like yeah, they'll still have a Spider Man movie. I have no idea what that what that's gonna look like.
1: <laughs> I mean, well, Spider Man and Venom, it's gotta be. I mean, ironically, right? that would be the Spider Man Venom. Stages, but back.
0: ironically, we're in a place where now, I mean, you could get away with pulling Spider Man out of the MCU literally because they just, at the end, spoilers for Far From Home, just did this thing where they flipped everything and Spider Man's technically. Possibly a fugitive, so another movie where he's not making contact with anybody in the MCU. Work, yeah.
1: What if they did? I just thought about this. So, what was the ending of Venom, and what's Venom two gonna be about? Venom.
0: Sorry, I mean possibly Carnage.
1: What if they if they pull out and they're just like screw it, maximum Carnage.
0: I mean, that's everybody's, that's the first thing like everybody's like, that would be getting that maximum carnage. That would be nuts. Yeah. I I mean, I kind
1: of, I kind of want to see that if you're on
3: Marvel's (laughs) bad side anyway, just go all out and do it. I I kind of want to see it. Like,
0: how do I keep this Marvel thing going for possibly a future reconciliation? Yeah. Just get over the hump. Now you pull out, you do Venom 2, you introduce carnage, then you Mm -hmm. do maximum carnage movie. Like you get it all done, yeah. Just that Spider-Man three is just like Tom Holland's on, you know, Peter Parker's on the run. He has to flee because everybody's looking for him. The Avengers are looking for him. Like all the, you know, you got to say all the heroes are looking for me. Yeah. One line, boom! I'm going to go hide done. out on the west coast.
1: Then, then you, then you bring and back and his um, old hippie Oh, friends. oh who was it, all it? Um, of who had the Sinister Six movie that they were making? Don't bring. Um, Cabin in the Cabin that. in the Drew Woods. Goddard. Drew Goddard. bring. that back. No, no, no with the, with the people. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. With the people in the MCU, Drew Goddard is <laughs> no. a great writer director. I will stand by Drew Goddard forever. Yeah, great.
0: I love Drew Goddard, but that's such a can of worms to open. That was not. Right? A oh, good that's concept. so much fun. No, nope.
2: if you no. can,
1: if you can bring back no. Michael Keaton, if you can bring in Jake Gyllenhaal, you can bring in the people that were used in Spider in this iteration of Spider Man. If they can be in contract with Sony. That yeah, version I mean, of the six, one hundred percent. of
0: ifs that yeah. I'm. Like, I mean,
1: obviously, it's it's a hypothetical, yeah, and I have I no plus clue. At I just don't want to see that movie. So fun, yeah. I mean, you're also
0: talking about so two fun. villains, Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, it's the same problem. Jake Gyllenhaal's villain and Michael Keaton's villain are all directly connected to Tony Stark. So how do you bring those guys back? And we're just gonna like. That's too many people. I mean, but now, now they have a, but now they have
1: now they have a personal vendetta against Peter.
0: <coughs> yeah, but you're now talking about a film where we are all watching three guys <laughs> who are all heavily connected to Iron Man. Never mention Iron Man. Nope. And May's never mentioning Iron Man. Nobody mentions Iron Man at Midtown High. Suddenly, uh, Midtown Science has stripped out all the Captain America videos. Whatever, it's for fine. New videos by Norman Osborn. Can or you do it? Like, yes,
3: yeah. you can totally yeah. yes, do you it.
0: Sh- you
1: just ignore it. Will it suck? Absolutely. Yes, ignore it. Yeah. in that
0: theater. They might no, well Drew as Goddard call wouldn't it Spider-Man suck. Spider-Man, Elephant in the Room, no. like, and like Drew Goddard
1: you know, wouldn't make it, it. wouldn't suck. It'd be. I right. don't know. No, right.
0: I mean the Sinister Six thing didn't work before. I don't see it. I'd rather I'd, of it's, the two. I'd rather. And that came cards. out of a desperate rather, time when a second Spider-Man movie didn't do. Like I'd rather see Silver and Black future. before I see. Yeah, so would I. Like, I would sinister Six.
1: If it was Sinister Six from anybody else, I'd be worried about. But I, oh, Drew Goddard's so good. I'd
0: rather see <laughs> every <I would> one of these standalone movies, like Morbius. Oh yeah, Morbius. Silver and Black. Man, I will even take like a what's the guy you like from Cardiac? Cardiac movie, yeah. I'll Cardiac, Cardiac movie. Before we do this, give me a
1: Drew Goddard. How, how many Cardiac times is movie? Drew Goddard going to get shut down though? X Force is in the can because of the, the Fox purchase. I mean that sucks. Stop Sinister making, Six did, didn't didn't work out.
0: But none of fight. that was
1: his fault. Like a Cardiac solo movie.
0: All right, we got to move on. So let's talk about this Ad Astra trailer. Brad Pitt is starring in this movie about an astronaut who became an astronaut because he found out. I mean, he, he he idolized his father. His father went on some Event Horizon type deal into space, never seen again. But now he's back, or the ship's back, and Brad Pitt is his astronaut who has to go and meet his father and make contact. So this is like a Michael Bay movie, like mashed up with gravity, mashed up with interstellar um nothing i mean i say event horizon but it looks like there's nothing horror about this it's more like a sci-fi drama um and i was just kind of interested because it's been a minute since we've talked about a space movie i like actual space science fiction movies Uh, not science fiction in the sense like there's aliens or weird worlds but like more science factual type deals about like space exploration and stuff like that uh so is this going to be the new next gravity is it going to be a disappointment like Interstellar, or is it just going to be a really great Armageddon, I said? <laughs> I think it'll be because somewhere. Because it's like Earth's under threat, and he has to find his father and save him. Well, the most intriguing part about Liv that. Liv Tyler in the, bed in the that's beginning. That's true, and I yeah. I like, did think when she popped up. If you just start playing up. Aerosmith right now.
1: <laughs> well,
2: he,
0: was, he was with, he was with, he was with Liv this. Tyler in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: Tommy Lee Jones, as an astronaut, is his dad. Yeah. yeah. So you have, what was it, Apollo 13? Yeah. Or Space Cowboys.
0: No, Space Cowboys. Space cowboy. I loved
3: Space Cowboys. Yeah. That was fun. I, I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I don't think it's going to be... Gravity was really good. I loved Gravity a lot. Too. Um. So I don't think it's going to be maybe that high, but this is a really good trailer, I think. I, I think the most interesting part about it is the mystery of his dad going to Mars, his dad being the one who possibly discovered this threat... Or this virus, like there's like some kind yeah, of some kind of threat, something that's happening to the Earth, and like he's evidently the one that created it, and so that what that's what makes or the sun. Cari-
0: actually, it's like he's carrying a material that could save them, but it's okay. also like super duper dangerous. And
3: like the explosion, the the coolest parts too on this is like when when they're on Mars and you're seeing like the buggies, like they're having this crazy gunfight, like driving across yeah. the thing. Like that stuff looks really cool because we don't actually get to see that a lot. Uh, in sci-fi movies like this type, it's 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 typically like, oh, we're in the ship for ninety percent of the movie, right? And then we get there, some big thing happens, and we never really get to see them like
1: explore right. a planet
3: like that. And so that that looks
1: interesting because the, the interesting. first trailer, the, the initial like, teaser trailer, or whatever, made it seem like it was very art y It was yeah. very you know, it, which I still think it is, yeah. but it kind of has that. I don't I don't want to say Mad Max feel because it doesn't have it doesn't it's not crazy like Mad yeah. Max, but it has that scale to it. That Interstellar had, but it has a very, a much more, you know, art house feel than Interstellar, and and I'm really excited to see that balance, you know, that few filmmakers can really find. Yeah, um, and you know, Brad Pitt looks phenomenal in the movie, especially coming off Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's like I want to see more of what Brad Pitt's doing, um, and I, I really think this is going to be the first and I th- probably the only of Fox's movies released by Disney that's going to be successful. Not counting Avatar, and then maybe West Side Story. West Side Story will do well because it's Steven Spielberg. It's a Christmas release. It's a musical. Avatar sequels will will do okay, um, but outside of you know, all the Fox films have have basically flopped right, so B-B- far. Oscar. And I think that this will be really the first one that it's not. It's not gonna light the world on fire, but it's gonna make it's a good gonna release, make solid right? yeah. money. Yeah, um, um,
0: it was. It's the his father's experiment threatens Earth. So you're okay. right about that. And it's directed by James Gray. Um, The guy who did, like, uh, some of the kind of smaller genre movies that were all very solid, even if they didn't get, like, a lot of acclaim. We Own the Night with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Mm -hmm. Mark Wahlberg and Eva Mendes. Uh, The Yards. He did with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Charlize Theron, and Mark Wahlberg. So
1: like, <laughs> Seeing a pattern. <laughs> yeah.
0: He likes his Joaquin. I mean, this guy unites Joaquin. I'm and sorry, Martin. he likes
1: working with good like, that's actors. That's just yeah. the perfect
0: thing for what Ad Astra is, though. It's a perfect You've metaphor. Got
1: Joaquin Phoenix and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. and We have one good <laughs> actor to rope them together.
0: If you unite them, that's the kind of movie he makes. Yeah. He makes. What was, what was, was the most recent movie he did? Appeal to the Joaquin Phoenixes and the Mark Wahlbergs of the world. Cool with that. What was you that? See
1: Transformers. Or if you see, you know, The Master, you'll like this movie. Tell me
3: about Daddy's Home. Yeah. <laughs> I love this Oh, story. can we get Walking
1: Phoenix in Daddy's Home 3? Oh, yeah,
3: <laughs> Make that happen. Please. Uh, that would
0: be too crazy. That would be great. But make that weird. happen. So, yeah, I mean, he wants to make this the most realistic film about space travel yet. I mean, I feel like they all say that. Good yeah. luck trying to beat, uh, what's his name? Um, Gravity? Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. What's his, I can't believe I'm blanking on his yeah, name I, right I, now. I am,
1: too. I'm, yeah, I wouldn't. Have, it, 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 yeah, it wasn't gravity was it, oh um, my god!
0: i can't believe i'm breaking it
1: oh uh um why am i just <laughs> oh, we are completely ah! blanking
0: Curon, Curon. Jeez. jesus this whole podcast just fell apart alfonso Curon. so good luck trying to beat him at that but uh i'm interested to see this you know i do like fun fact i do like a little split uh, space exploration movie yeah looks there. cool all right moving right along for our final news story the mandalorian so we're going to be talking about uh charlie's gonna take us through a d23 preview in a little bit but One piece of news I thought was kind of cool is The Mandalorian, the first live action Star Wars TV series that's coming to Disney Plus, is already headed into season two production before we even see season one. So that's a good sign. We can invest in this and not, like, you know, worry
1: that it's going to be gone. Was anyone worried, though?
0: I mean, we don't, it's always an unknown. You never know. I mean,
1: it's an unknown, but they, with. It could have been a
0: limited series. Didn't, yeah. It it limited limited
1: series would be my only concern. I yeah, just, we
0: didn't know anything about it. It could be with like, with the talent involved. It, without, it could be a very anthology approach to yeah. this, like Marvel's that, doing. So that concern know. makes sense. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah I'm, so, I'm
0: Rick Fumiya. Foom Oh my God, I hate his name. Rick Famiyua. yuwa ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rick Famiyua. Ah. I thought it was Famiyua. <laughs> I can't say it. I can Uh, never say his name.
1: I'm going to go with that. I'm going to just sound confident and say it. Just say it again. Say it again. Rick Famuyiwa. There
0: you go. That guy. Director of Dope, one of my favorite movies of the 2010s. At one time, director of The Flash. Yep. Oh, God. I forgot about that. Yes. He is going to He's directing episodes in season one. Um, John Favreau is kind of show running that, but he's going to step up and take the helm for season two. And I love Rick and I love his work. And so I'm kind of excited about that. And it's good. It sounds like The Mandalorian's actually going to be a kind of mm. show worth getting into, a mythology, and then that they have something planned out. And I'm kind of really psyched for that. So, yeah, uh, I'm psyched for that. And is this one of your kind of highly anticipated things that we're hoping to learn this weekend at D23?
1: I mean, I'm, this weekend, should there's supposed to be the trailer for The Mandalorian, which people at Celebration saw the trailer, and some of us watched some versions of The Mandalorian trailer that weren't supposed to be filmed, but they were put on YouTube later. <laughs> um, but we should get our first like real look at this show, and... You know, Disney. The fact that Disney, the biggest company in the world, is confident that this show is going to be the cornerstone of their streaming service. Which, even if you didn't have the original shows, Disney Plus would do well because of the little content library that it brings. But the fact that you've got this show and the way, even just those photos, it looks like such a gritty version of it's. It's the version of Star Wars I think a lot of us want to see. You know, it's it's not quite as big and and planet hopping. It's pretty grounded, but we get a chance to really dig into the lives and the different you know social classes and the different like so, like the side stories in the big movies that have enticed us forever we finally get to kind of see those play out and you know taking the world of bounty hunters is a really interesting take and i'm glad they didn't go with just boba fett like they kind of took just that whole world and are bringing something And it's on tatooine and tatooine is such a great planet with such history like to learn from and to explore you know like you could say what you want about Phantom Menace, but it set up so many cool things on Tatooine. And the same with you know, A New Hope. There were so many things on that planet worth talking about. And this actually gives us that grounded version of those stories that we've been waiting to see. And I, the, when you saw the talent involved, I mean, the actors are all great to mm-hmm. begin with. But then, you know, the, the directors and you've got you know, Bryce Dallas Howard's directing. Taika Waititi's directing, right? And he's voicing a character. You I, mean, th- I, I, think think I think I, mean, I think he's directing one of the episodes. I think he's directing one of the episodes. You know, and Favreau running it. And I, I read an interview with Favreau like talking about why he wanted to explore this this story. And it just seems like it's a bunch of Star Wars fans that are coming together for the first ever show. And that's such an enticing thing because of the structure of the universe of Star Wars. It lends itself so well to like serialized yeah. television for a ten hour story. You know, and and. I'm really excited to see how Disney. That's one thing we don't know. I don't think we don't know how they're going to release it. If it's going to be like a binge thing like Netflix, or if it's going to be a weekly release like Hulu, um, we have no clue. I'm really excited to see how that plays out and how they choose to tell that story. Um,
3: how do you hope but, it is, by the way? Like what? I mean,
1: I- I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of of week by week. Yeah, yeah Titan um, Bright Dice. I out. like. Um, Dallas, Howard, I like the right. idea. Uh, Hulu experimented with this and does it with some of their shows where a new show, you'll release three episodes at launch mm-hmm. and then week to week after that. And I really, really like that because it gives you an, an opportunity to really get invested. And then I,
3: it it something out. that we
1: did, even though Game of Thrones was not good, a lot of us kind of agree that it, you know, the final season of Game of Thrones was bad. Could have been bad. I love the experience of everyone watching this TV together. And that's something that we don't ever really get anymore. Um, you know, in what, 2004, However, many million people sat around to watch the finale of Friends and all talked about it at work whoa, the next day. Whoa,
0: let me shut you down right now. Yeah, don't put Friends on no the
1: podcast. No, I'm 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 simply saying like that was that was one of the gonna,
0: we can do a whole that was podcast one of the final friends. big can we
1: can we book that can that was one of the it? final no, big I mean, popular shows that everyone watched and friends everyone talked never about a show
0: that to me. That's fine. Absolutely. Whether
1: you liked it or hate it, I'm, I'm simply saying that a lot of people were invested in that show and the finale was something it was an event that everyone took part in and everyone knew what was going on and we don't have that very much in tv anymore because the shows that are released every week people watch them on uh, on streaming the next day or they don't watch them at all because they have streaming yes, instead of cable it. i know what you're saying yeah and and netflix is is all stream based <laughs> yes, and binge based so like when when stranger things came out like we couldn't really talk about it on monday cuz not everyone had watched all of it and some people were halfway some people hadn't started yet and i love the idea of Everyone getting to watch a show like The Mandalorian, something that's special. It's the first Star Wars show, getting to do that every single week together. We get to come in on a Friday and watch the episode and all discuss what happened in the episode and, and cover it like a real TV show. I hope that's what we get to do.
0: I hate society. Everything is so solid. <laughs> when I started this ten, doing this 10 years ago, the, I had to fight for the idea that binge watching was good. Or it could be pleasant, or, or I think I think it now works we're back for things. To the other side, it
1: works for things. It does. I, I just I miss the it's just the interaction and the experience.
0: All right. Well, I mean, this sounds good, and I'm excited for the Mandalorian. So hopefully, this weekend is going to up that excitement. Well, when we come back, stay tuned because this discussion is going to segue perfectly into our D23 pre- preview, uh, where we take a deep dive and we're going to look at everything coming to D23 this weekend and. We have uh, Mr. Brandon Davis out there who will be covering it for us, and we're going to be doing a lot of coverage here. So we're going to talk about what you guys need to see when we get back. We're also going to review the new movies of the week and talk about Powers of X, the next chapter in Jonathan Hickman's Dawn of X series. So be sure to stay tuned for that.
4: Selling a little or a lot? up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast
0: all right so we're back and i guess we'll start with me just getting the movie reviews out of the way because i can make this really quick so two new movies opening this week. The horror film, Ready or Not, and the action threequel, Angel Has Fallen. I can do both of these really quick. Let's start with Angel Has Fallen, because uh, that's an easy one. As I told the lady after I saw the screening of the film, there's only so many times you can fall and get back up successfully. And I think two is about the limit, because three, not so much. So Angel Has Fallen is Gerard Butler as uh, Secret Service agent Mike Banning, who basically did Die Hard in the White House <laughs> better than Channing Tatum <laughs> and uh, Jamie Foxx did with uh, White House Down or whatever the hell yeah. that was called. Um, but Olympus Had Fallen was good because, you know, it was Anton Fuqua and a very violent action, like 90s testosterone action. That awesome. I, I really
1: enjoyed the first Yeah, one.
0: it was yeah. awesome, and nobody saw it coming. Nobody thought Gerard Butler would step out. and I mean, he'd done 300, yeah. but nobody thought he'd be like, as good and entertaining as, like, a Bruce Willis as an action star. Yeah. And he's crazy, he's awesome, and that was good. And we were like, okay. Then we saw London has fallen, and we we're like, all right, here we go, franchise. <laughs> but London has fallen was also awesome. It was fun, And yeah. very thrilling, and, like, yeah. And these movies are good because they are. They're very violent, very thrilling, kind of edge-of-your-seat action movies. And we don't, and it's not all about style and slickness, like John Wick is about style and choreography. These are just kind of gritty action movies. Well, I'd say Angel's Fallen is the most throwback of them all. It's like a late 80s throwback, okay. and in many respects looks that way. Uh. Um, there's a scene where these domestic terrorists blow up a whole hospital wing, kind of Joker style, and it collapses, and you see people running in front of the dust cloud, and it is straight out of a late 80s movie, and you're like, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's kind of bad. But the premise in this one is they flip it, Morgan, um, you know uh, what's his name? Aaron Eckhart was the president in the first two. Mm-hmm. Then his vice president, Morgan Freeman, took over, and his vice president is the president now. But he gets attacked. Gerard Butler gets framed, and so he's on the run. And where these, The other two were like these big, kind of high concept things in these very, you know, high concept sets, like either across London or in the White mm-hmm. House. This is literally just Gerard Butler wandering around the woods of, like, Virginia and, like, Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, it's very fugitive-y for most of it. And very small, and it feels like an episode of TV more so than a movie. Okay. Um, because it's very, like I said, it's very small and self-contained. But the premise is cool. Uh, there's some betrayals, some, you know, surprising things. Jada Pinkett plays a very feisty FBI agent, and she's kind of a great addition to the cast. But um, overall, if you're just looking, if you've been with the Mike Banning character and you love this guy and you love Gerard Butler, like, this is the only reason to see this movie. Okay. And I would wait for, like, on cable, like, or (laughs) Netflix or something. And you'll probably have an okay time. You'll be like, this is great. But, like, yeah. Yeah, no more falls. Just, this was the last
3: fall. This was the last one.
0: Moving right along. So, one of the pleasant surprises of late summer that I did not expect to see coming was uh, Ready or Not, which is the uh, new horror film by the guys in Radio Silence, who you might... Know that name, they're a collective, but uh, they kind of made their bones and as part of that crew who made VHS those VHS anthologies, mm -hmm. yeah. So, like, they came up alongside Adam Wingard, who that first one who did, um, you know, you know, Adam Wingard did a Death Note and he's he's doing Kong versus Kong versus uh, yeah, Godzilla versus Kong and all that. So, they came up as contemporaries of his, and like I said, they did a lot of the VHS segments. Um, and so they do this movie about a girl who marries into a rich family, and when she kind of has her wedding day, she finds out that the family has this crazy ritual where you have to play a game on your wedding night with them to kind of be formally indoctrinated into the family, and if you pick a certain card, the hide-and-seek card, it it becomes this life-and-death game of hide-and-seek, um, and they do this because of certain reasons that are rooted in, you know, satanic practice and stuff like that. Yeah. So they got to kind of complete this ritual of the night and kill the person they're hunting and perform this ritual. And of course, this bride does not take this lying down. And what results is this kind of deadly game of hide and seek around a single setting inside this house. Um, Yeah. So Ready or Not is surprising because it's not like a shocking or gory horror movie. It's in the kind of weird final product that these guys turn out it's a little little bit horror it's a little bit a lot of bit of comedy and a lot of bit of social comedy and I would kind of put it against Midsomar. like I was thinking about this as this kind of new emerging form of horror subgenre I think is really becoming popular or popular again which is like relationship horror okay uh like horror used as a metaphor for relationships yeah. which is what Midsommar is is like a really messed up breakup movie yeah about a bad relationship and this one is kind of the same thing. It's commentary about what it is to try to like fit into a family grouping or marrying that you're not necessarily like a match for. Um, in this case, she's marrying into like, a high society thing of rich people in a world she's not familiar with. Yeah. And so there's a lot of humor in the movie about that. And it's almost a little more comedy than it is horror. Okay. Yeah, um, it reminds
1: me a lot of uh, "You're Next." Yeah, came out a few years ago. It, it seems very That's, much that was what line. I was trying
0: to remember. That was Adam Wingard's really big yeah. breakout film, "You're Next," yeah. and it is very much kind of of that vein.
1: It's very um, funny, a little
0: bit very more gory. The "Radio Silence" is those guys are a little bit more zany and kind of not afraid to be kind of weird, like a weird zany comedic. Yeah,
1: good. So there that are works. all
0: these weird, offbeat comedic moments in the thing, including the ending, which I will not spoil for you, but it is one of the crazier endings you've ever seen. Um, and if you've seen VHS, you'll be familiar with what these guys love to do with kind of specific horror effects and things like that. Um, but it is, yeah. So it's kind of surprising. Uh, it brings back Adam Brody from the OC. I was about to
1: ask you, how is Adam Brody in this Adam
0: movie? Brody is really great in this. It's one and of the things I'm most excited about reminds for reminds you of uh, Seth from the OC and this. He, very, he plays very much the same kind of character. Uh, he's the brother to the uh, groomsman, the, and yeah. the guy who marries the girl. And the guy who marries the girl, the brother is very much not into the family whereas adam brody is like the reluctant brother who took the hit when they were growing up to kind of be indoctrinated into all this so yeah. his brother wouldn't be um yeah. and so he's kind of like a reluctant participant so he just kind of is drunk throughout the whole movie just strolling around kind of quipping about everything <laughs> He seems like he
1: seems like what i expect chris evans's role to be in knives out
0: yeah it's very okay. much like that he's very much Which is chris great. evans in uh ryan johnson's were knives out he's just like the sardonic kind of Guy just like slinking around,
1: and if you have no idea who we're talking about, just get on YouTube and watch clips of Adam Brody in anything. Yeah, Adam, Adam Brody is seen. so great, and he's so we last saw him in
0: Shazam, he was uh Freddy's, yeah, form, yeah. So, like, yeah, he
1: you know. was supposed to be the Flash in George Miller's, yep. Justice, League. In George Miller's yep. Justice League, and that would have oh been perfect, God, yeah, that so, been good. A perfect so good, he'd have been a great Wally West. I love but uh, so
0: ready or not, it's a pleasant surprise. I say all that to say, so horror fans, you're not done yet this summer. Before it gets here, don't let this one just slip through the cracks. Go and check that out, um, because you'll probably be present, pleasantly surprised and have some fun with your friends. All right, so that'll do it for new movies out this week. Be sure to check this out and let us know what you think. Moving right along, let's talk about Powers of X3. We got a lot to get to before the end of this, uh, but uh, let's go. Which one is, is is it
1: Powers or House that's supposed to be 10? Is it ha- powers of, powers 10, of 10. Powers Sorry, of 10. Sorry. Okay, no, you're fine. I just, I never I can never remember which one's which.
0: Yeah, I've been saying Powers of X, but it's Powers of 10. Um, it looks like Powers of X. Yeah, so. I think it's a just <laughs> yes. Yes. It's just double, triple entendre. Plan. It makes sense now that uh, we know what the 10 is. So, yeah. we did this kind of whole theory when we kind of revisited uh, Powers of X, Powers of 10 2 last week, but uh, yeah, the fan theory turned out to be correct. The future, one of the most interesting aspects of this Dawn of X story was the year 100 future of the X-Men, where Apocalypse is leading his own team of X-Men and they're ban- battling the man-machine supremacy, and... In this issue, we kind of got the, f- for better or worse, X-Men Year 100, The Last Stand, yep. um, where they go on this final mission to take on Nimrod and his forces with this MacGuffin that we've been teased throughout these books that we were just joking about, like, Hickman's so good, like, you read this with all this intrigue, and then you realize, wait, I don't even know what the main MacGuffin is, like, <laughs> everybody's after and fighting about. Yeah. But we find out in this issue, and we're going to talk spoilers, so we find out that um, they found a kind of indexing library that they were looking for uh, with the first suicide mission with the Chimera, X Men, and Rasputin, and everybody. And they made it back, and that allowed them to find a piece of data that they were looking for. It told them
3: a, where to find. Yeah, where the, to piece.
0: Find <laughs> the other piece. Very of like data national treasure-esque. Yeah, yeah, it's very national treasure-esque. That's a good comparison. Which uh,
1: Hickman national treasure? Let's just. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> Don't Randy <laughs> Davis. Yes, Randy Davis will just get all funny in the pants. Don't. Don't say that. Dude, National Treasure
1: needs it. He's not the National Treasure guy. I mean, he likes it, but... I love National Treasure. The rest rest of us are all pro-National Treasure. National Treasure needs it. I I know.
0: He brings it up, but I am just joking. But anyway, let's... uh, So we find out that, yeah, they're looking for the exact origin date of Nimrod. Something which, you know, again, like, Hickman's very good at spotting this stuff because I've read X-Men comics since the 80s and Mm. never realized to this point that Nimrod doesn't have an exact online date. Yeah. Like, uh, this is very Skynet... Mm. Terminator-ish, and it makes a lot of what's happening in the House of X books make sense now, Uh, because the modern-day House of X, X X-Men on Krakoa, that's their mission that they've been building up to. Mm -hmm. We're going to go and take out Nimrod, which is being built by this early version of what will be the man-machine supremacy called Orcus, which is all the crazy covert Marvel organizations bonding together, because screw mutants. Um, And it all seems so simple when they're just like, yeah, we're just going on this mission, and then this issue reveals well how they got the intel for that mission <laughs> yeah. was pretty drastic, right? Um, the X Men, Future X Men, Storm. They use a storm a church where that first scene we don't talk we haven't talked about that, but that first scene in the book is pretty horrific. Screwed
3: up, so like, <laughs>
0: screwed up because you learn the whole basis of the Man Machine Supremacy is that the humans who believe they are flawed, inferior beings, like comparative mutants. But the way to get over that hump is to join with their masters and gods. The machines. Yeah. Right. And so the first scene is this church of the Man Machines of Supremacy where they're doing this, what looks to be a pretty regular ritual of taking a newborn baby and using this kind of orb to basically give it like a techno virus or whatever they're doing to it to make it half machine. And yeah, it's screwed up. Yeah, it's pretty screwed You're up. Blasted
3: in the
1: eye, and I'm yeah. like, oh, my God. It's yep. awful. I mean, you have, we have that compared to, like, you have that and Sinister's, like, growing mutants. Yeah, like, I know. The whole thing. It's Yeah, like, it's oh not man. a good future for anybody. No, but the no.
0: X-Men storm the church to cause a diversion, while another team um, attacks, goes to this library where they're going to find Nimrod's online date, at leads to this epic fight between Nimrod and Apocalypse. That was cool. And fight. the other team of X-Men and Omega Sentinel, um, both of which are cool. Everybody dies except for... Your boy Wolverine, who never dies in anything, who goes through a portal back and reveals the other big secret of this timeline, that Moira was injured at a certain point fighting this apocalypse war and was put in stasis. And they let her out of stasis and they give her the MacGuffin, which is the exact date of, Nora, of Nimrod's origin. And then in a true Wolverine fashion, he has one last job to do, which is Jean Grey hair ass, which is just stab her through the ass. Such a great line, by yeah. the way. This is what you do best, yes. right? Oh, yeah. so he good. Watches, He's all, like, torn up, and he's like, so man, good. like, this isn't cool. Like, I got it. And she's like, oh, it's cool. This is what you do. And then, and, yeah. and
1: then that adds so much more to, like, in the scene at the beginning of this whole thing in Year Zero when Moira goes to... Charles and he reads her mind Mm -hmm. and it's like oh it's horrific because he saw all the lives and all the different things but now it's knowing that he saw the entire fall of everything he saw the the supremacy war he saw the fall of mutants, he saw the fall of man he saw the destruction of essentially the entire world and that's now his responsibility to deal with and that makes that moment so much better. They did say that was the most yeah. important moment. Most, and most yeah. important, yeah. and they're proving and we to keep be right. Building on it, yeah. we keep building on it. It's so. And we were
0: impressive. all just talking so much trash when they showed that preview page. We're like, this is just a splash page with Morrie and McDavid's faces. What kind of crap pastel colors? What yeah. crap is this. Well, now we know what kind of crap it is. Yeah, was this was of, yeah. not
3: a, hey, J.J. Abrams is writing a book. This was, like, for real, and like, this is yeah. one of those that yeah, wasn't and hyperbole. Yeah, and, and,
0: like, the best kind of stories, this isn't a time travel story. Hickman's been very clear about that, our alternate universe. But it is kind of a weird time travel story in a way. And, and it messes with your head like a time travel story mm-hmm. about the ramifications and the effects of thinking that, like, yeah, Moira went through this whole war, this whole future, because she became eternal. Uh, yeah. Apocalypse transformed her, and she was essentially you know granted a much longer life to live on and see all this happen and all like the pain and suffering and then this horrible violent death she goes through loses all her friends and you know whatever her common lover apocalypse whatever yeah. you know, categorize that as um yeah and then she's just has to then be born and then live her entire life up until that point yeah. where she sees Charles Xavier again and is like yeah and that makes if you go back and look at powers of 10 the first issue when they have that meeting like i said we've talked about it before but she comes to the carnival and she Carls, she's saying what she saw in the carnival, and she's making allusions to the fact that what she sees in the carnival and the pictures show you yeah. that they represent, like, Rasputin and Cardinal in the monolith of the Nimrod's monolith, and these are all her making reference to this past ninth life. Also, how
3: cool was that moment when Cardinal, like, takes the special, like, apocalypse pod and oh, just yeah. overrides the program? He's like, I'm going to die, but <laughs> I'm going to do it, like, go out in style. Like, I start mean, stabbing that, a the, bunch of the, people.
1: The, coolest, the yep. coolest moment, though, of the whole thing... Was was Zorn where where he's like I want to die and she's like it's a singularity I'm gonna do it and then she's like oh no you won't and he's like well we gotta it was it was Rasputin it's like oh no so their
0: diversion thing is a suicide mission Um, Rasputin Cardinal and Zorn go and attack the church Uh, Omega Sentinel comes with her army of Sentinels to kill them they fight this out uh, and they're losing and so their trump move is to basically Rasputin (laughs) says like you know I'll rip off Zorn's mask and his head is a singularity a black hole. And you're screwed. And, you know, then there's this ominous thing, which, you know, she Omega Sentinel says that Charlie has tin foil hat theories about, where she says, do you know what happens when you go to the center of a black hole? You have no idea. And she's like, whatever, we're going to find out together. And Zorn, who I love in this, in this storyline, future nihilistic Zorn is like the best. He's like, "Hey, I want to die. Let's do it. Let's take this ride." He's so good. And they whip off the basket. and there's a great piece of art of him just smiling under the. He's mask. like,
1: he's like super Ghost yeah, Rider for a lot so of this. Happy. He's like, "I don't even care. Let's rock and roll." Yeah. And then this so is cool. uh, like, this diet. is Silva, right? This is I think this is R.B. Silva yeah. who does this one.
3: Fantastic!
1: Like throughout this whole this Powers, whole issue. I mean, I, the, the the art for House is good, yeah. but the Powers artwork has been so, so so incredible. That
3: scene when they all like the four show up right towards the beginning. That is an awesome page. The oh, Apocalypse, yeah. Nimrod stuff, fantastic. Some like, of the
1: best Apocalypse ever.
3: So good, man. Such Ugh. a hor-
0: and, and just, like, such a horrific book and, like, yeah. chapter, like, yeah. I mean, even somebody like Apocalypse, you think, okay, like, I'm not going to get attached. But, like, his death scene, like, yeah. like, like, where Nimrod makes copies of himself and they're all about, like, to twist his head off. And he just says that thing to him, like, Apocalypse, the eternal mute Yeah. The fittest sucks for you. It's all led to this. And it's like, aw, that They thing. made
3: you... Roof for apocalypse. Roof apocalypse. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, and then that last bit where it's just like, <laughs> this is the end of her ninth life, and you're like, oh! like because yeah. then you would start putting all I together. I
0: said, like, I'm kind of like too much of a cynic because we work on theories all the yeah. time, and I had written out yeah. this whole theory, so I was just like, yeah, all right. But like, <laughs> and at first I was like, what's wrong with me? Because I saw other people like freak out, and I was like, okay, just imagine you hadn't written all this, and I went back and yeah. Was like, yeah, that would have been a spectacular. it have been a great moment, yeah, because you'd been like, oh, because everybody thought this was. The future of her tenth life after yeah. House of X—that yeah. was like the mislead, which now leaves us with the big question I addressed, which is: What the hell is Year One Thousand? Who is this librarian? Yeah. What is the Nimrod drone? Because this looked like the, the natural uh, like mm-hmm. step after this war was long over, yeah. and humanity was gone, and they were going to regrow humanity. And it was just like mutants kind of were gone, machines were kind of gone. Like the librarians trying to bring all like you know keep track and yeah. catalog all this. And like that's what it seemed like. But now we know it was just her ninth life. It ended in that hundred years future, and we have no idea what this a thousand yeah. years future is. So cool. Or what Moria's sixth life is. Yeah, These exactly. Are two big mysteries yeah. kinda hanging out there right now. So powers of X, House Powers of Ten, House of X, it goes on. Very good. The struggle Love continues. It. And we're all looking forward to House of X three this week. Yeah. Okay. That'll do it for that. Uh, Charlie. Yo. Take us home with a preview of D23 breakdown. What should we be looking forward to? What should people be checking out All on right. comicbook.com? This
1: so there is a ton of stuff happening. At D23, obviously, if you don't know, it's kind of Disney's own convention, like Comic-Con strictly for Disney. It happens once every two years. Uh, it's in Anaheim, California this weekend, Friday through Sunday, uh, or that's at least, at least this is where the panels are. Um, there's a bunch of stuff going on. I mean, if you're into, like, there's going to be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel. There's going to be, like, the Marvel's com- Marvel Comics 80th anniversary panel. There's going to be... Uh, the- Sunday is a lot about the parks and what's coming to the parks, so we'll probably get some information about the Orlando Galaxy's Edge um, and maybe the Marvel land that's opening in um, in California, I believe, next year. There's going to be a lot of details about that, you know, and just the Disney shows, all kinds of everything Disney. But uh, in terms of people listening to this podcast, if you read comicbook.com, uh, there are a couple things that you'll be more interested in with this convention than other things. And the two key panels are gonna be on Friday evening. Uh, I believe it's Friday, three thirty PM Pacific, and Saturday morning at ten PM Pacific. Uh the Friday night the Friday Night Panel is Disney Plus, Plus. and so Disney Plus launches on November twelfth, and obviously everyone's talking about it. it's going to be a huge thing. We were just talking about with the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It's going to house everything Disney, all the Marvel Universe, except for maybe Spider Man, um, all of you know the Star Wars movies and shows, and uh, everything Pixar, everything Disney's ever done. It's going to be on the streaming service, and we're going to have the originals like the Mandalorian, um, and then the, the coming you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, uh, Loki, Hawkeye. They're all going to be on this platform. It's going to be a it's going to disrupt the entire streaming game when it launches on November twelfth. I don't think. It's anyone thinks any different about how that's going to go but this panel is going to give us a lot of information about the shows and the projects that are being worked on we are going to get a Mandalorian trailer Um, we're probably going to get a trailer for the Lady and the Tramp movie that's coming out Uh, that's going to be a launch day thing Uh, the movie (laughs) Noel with uh, Anna Kendrick there was a such a yeah. look of judgment um, on your face. I when saw I said, the first yeah.
0: promo image for that. I'm yeah, like, no, I wasn't. How is this just a YouTube video of two dogs? I don't know. It's it either, gonna be great. It um, be great.
1: And then you know, the Noelle is an Anna Kendrick movie. That's gonna be a launch day thing. Oh, some dang. of the, some of the little launch day things. I know they're doing that little Forky mini series from Toy Story. Um, oh, High School, High School Musical, the musical, the series. It's a very meta, like what like what they're doing with um, Beverly Hills 90210 right now, where it's like the, this High School Musical is a high school. I think it might be the same high school. They're putting on a musical oh, based of on High School Musical, wow. and it's like a docu series about them. So meta. Them trying to do it. that it's it's going to be ridiculous. A um, okay. That's a and, so I, and so we'll get some trailers for that launch day stuff. We they'll give you some information about the Marvel stuff down the line. Maybe maybe about the Obi Wan show. Maybe about the Rogue One prequel show. We don't know exactly what, well, but we're going we we to get a lot of information. New
0: Rise of Skywalker trailer.
1: No. I don't believe so. Wow. Um, if we do, that'll be on Saturday morning. Uh, Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific is the Disney Studios panel, and that's the big one. It's two hours long. That's the one everyone's excited about and everyone's ready for. Um, that's going to be everything housed in Disney. So Disney Live Action Studios, Disney Animation, Pixar, Star Wars, and Marvel Studios. Those are they're all going to have presentations at the uh, at the panel. We don't know what they're going to show yet. We know they're going to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. They will probably show something about The Rise of Skywalker at the panel. I doubt they will release anything online. Oh, okay. Unless it's going to be like a, you know, Star Wars always does those BTS reels to advertise. They might do that. I just wrote an article about it on, on comp.com slash Star Wars about will they release a trailer. And I don't think they will because when you look at the last two, uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, both trailers, the feature trailers for the movie, were released in mid-October. Um, and they they had very similar release dates and very similar trailer release dates. So I think they're going to wait for a full trailer. We might get some more information about uh, the movie itself or about um, some of the plot or characters. We might get a couple new photos, maybe even a BTS reel, but I don't think we're going to get maybe a new poster, but not a new trailer. Um, And they might have some words about the trilogy that comes next. I doubt it because it's far away, but there's always a chance of that in the Disney Studios panel. Um, We'll probably get a look at, soul which is the new pixar movie after upward um there's two pixar movies in 2020 upwards the first one and then um pete doctor's soul who he's the head of pixar now took over for john last he made uh, inside out um he is making this movie called soul which should be another like intrinsic really deep pixar movie um we'll probably get a look at that uh we we have no idea what marvel's going to do that's kind of the big what if here is what Marvel's gonna no do. No pun. Um, you know, because Disney has Frozen 2 on the way and Maleficent on the way and Mulan. It has like projects that you know they're gonna talk about.
0: Matt stuff is what I call Right.
1: Say. So <laughs> I knew
0: the judging. Um,
1: <laughs> Marvel, like they are they just unveiled a whole slate at Comic Con. So they might reiterate some of that. But you I don't think, think we'll get the second half,
3: like Because I mean, you look at that slate that they revealed. I think that's the whole Phase Four. I don't think that's the whole Phase Four.
1: Black Panther Two. I mean, I think that's Marvel Two Phase Five. I I think that I think that there's not going to be there's not going to be as many announcements at this as there was at Comic Con. I think that we're going to get some more specific news. I think we will will get at least a teaser or a first photo that will be released online. I think we'll get something from Black Panther or from Black Widow. Um, I think we'll make it something about the Eternals. You know, production just started, so we'll probably get just a word about that, maybe a synopsis. Something like that. They've got to confirm um,
3: those
0: other,
1: sequ- th- 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 at least those two major sequels. Yeah, Black Panther 2 and Captain Oh, I mean, because they, they, they mentioned they, they, they them did, at well, comic Con, They
3: confirmed that they were on the way. Okay. We just don't know when they're going to happen. I think they're going to, like, there's got to be a date. And, and or something. honestly,
1: we don't know Didn't if the Spider Man issue is, is causing, is putting a wrench in the thing. <laughs> if they're going to have to adjust their plans because of Spider Man, I, I don't mean, think either you know, do one you of those tell would us, count. like
0: Black Panther but 2 is title like and a date. War of Kings or something. And everybody goes nuts.
1: But I think that. There That's might be good. some mention of those, but we're not going to get a whole full like slate reveal like we got at Comic Con. No, I, I don't. I mean, if, I mean it'll be um, additional. The the thing I'm holding out for that I'm really not confident. I don't have any. I don't have any insight into this. It's just my personal feeling. I think the big thing will be the first look at Black Widow. Um, might we might see Taskmaster? We might see whatever uh, David Harbour's Red Guardian. I think we'll we'll get a look at Black uh, Black Widow. And I think they will. There'll be something for them to announce. We just don't know what. So that's Given 10 a.m. to noon Plus, Pacific think time. we could
0: get any like screenings of first episodes of
1: anything? What do you, you mean? At the, at the convention? So they are screening the first episode of High School Musical at a separate panel after the Disney Plus panel on Friday evening. Um, the panel will show – they said they'll show looks at these new shows. Um, I don't think they'll screen the episodes for people okay. outside of High School Musical. So I think that we'll see like a sizzle reel type. Yeah, thing? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, 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 trailer, none of these things have trailers yet. Yeah. So we'll get those trailers because it, they, the whole thing launches in
3: yeah, it's two pretty, months, right around the corner.
1: Yeah. So oh. you know we'll we'll get that information. Um. But yeah, those are the two panels you want to pay attention to. If you're into the parks, uh, Sunday morning is the parks panel, and there might be some more information f- tomorrow morning, Friday morning. Um. I guess if you're listening to this this morning, um, the Disney Legends ceremony is the first thing that kicks off the event on Friday, and Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau and some other people that involved in Marvel will be a part of that. ming Nguyen will be a part of that. Um, so there won't be news there, but there might be. They might talk about some things that'll be interesting to people. So uh, that ceremony and a couple of other panels will be live streamed on the uh, the D23, I believe, Twitter and YouTube. I'll Have to double check, but um, none of the big panels, like like Star Wars, yeah, that's the all. studios, Disney Plus, they won't be live streamed. But um, the Marvel Comics panel will be live streamed. The Disney Celebration, or the the, the Legend Celebration, and a couple other small ones will be live streamed. So you can, if you're into that stuff, uh, check that D23 Twitter account, and they'll they'll give you that. Ooh, it would be awesome part. if the Marvel Comics panel
3: goes into that new Annihilation series. Yeah, there.
1: if they do, the the big reveal there is, is Marvel <laughs> Comics 1000. They're giving out uh. um, for people that attend the panel. They're giving out a special D23 variant. Oh, cool. of uh, of Marvel Comics 1000 and that's nice. supposed to be its own story and all that so Word. there's there's things for everybody at this at this convention um, whether you think you love Disney or not because Disney owns so much Disney owns um, you so enjoy I mean, and, and, and Dark Horse it's pick you. here because they say Lucasfilm and not specifically Star Wars is involved I think they're going to say something about Indiana Jones but that's just my Dark Horse like that's my guess I think we're going to get some kind of Indiana Jones announcement uh, in the next little bit, because Disney only has dated films through 2021. So
0: all I know is I just saw the South Park episode about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull <laughs> the other day, and uh, yeah,
1: that's King's King Kong. <laughs> oh, that was horrifying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and on that note, we're out of here. We're going to get Terrifying. out of here for this I never want to hear that again. Nation with Matt creeping you out. <laughs> If you are just now getting into the show, we put up new episodes every Wednesday, every Friday on comicbook.com. Look at our technician scramble back in the booth like he's been there the whole time. (laughs) We see you, Brian. We know you haven't been there the whole time. Oh, God. But anyway, back to the show. (laughs) If you want to get new episodes, Wednesday, Friday, comicbook.com. You can subscribe to our RSS feed and get updates on new shows. You can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Playlist, or tell any Amazon Alexa device. Play Comic Book Nation podcast, and it'll fire right up. If you want to continue any discussion of anything we've talked about, hit us up at the hashtag Comic Book Nation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw.
3: You can find me at Matt
1: Aguilar-CB, and I'm at Charlie Ridgely.
0: And if you like the show and want some Comic Book Nation swag, go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, tell us why you like the show. We read reviews on air when we are not overbooked for time like today, and we will read it on air, and within about a month or so, you'll get a Comic Book Nation t-shirt shipped your way. So be sure to leave your reviews. That'll do it for this episode, but we will be here this weekend covering D23. Make sure you keep it locked to comicbook.com for all the latest because if you happen to be a fan of any of those small franchises like Marvel or Star Wars or all this other Disney stuff Matt likes, then (laughs) there's going to be some hot new updates that you are going to want to be sure to get first. So stay tuned. And otherwise, we'll be back to talk to you next episode and wrap up this whole D23 thing and tell you what we learned and we'll all discuss together. So be sure to be informed. Thank you for tuning in. That'll do it. This is Comic Book Nation. We out.
3: Deuces.